Y'all have a good week? You did? Where's me a stool? Well, oh boy. One more night with the frogs. Ribbit, there you go. One more night with the frogs. That's what we're going to talk about today. You know, we've uh, been on this going to be for, I think, 12 weeks now. And uh, Vicky said, boy, I'm getting tired of hearing about sin. I said, yeah, ain't that the truth? I get tired of living in it. I get tired of seeing it. I get tired of all of it. And I get tired of preaching about it. I really do. I mean, I really, truly do. I, uh, but the thing about sin is uh, it's always with us. It's always in our life. And uh, when God asked me to do this go and be thing, I didn't know what it was going to take me. And when he put my heart into Exodus and, and I knew the, the plagues were coming up. And, and uh, you know, in order to, to understand um, what we're dealing with in the world out there. And you say, well, I understand it all. Well, from a, from a person that loves the Lord, from you, people that love the Lord. And when you look out at the world, sometimes we, we, we try our best to stay out of that world. And so we're almost trying to forget the things that go out there because it's so negative, so ungodly, that if we look through God's Word and we go back through God's Word, especially in these plagues, we really see the world. And in order to go and be, in order to really understand this go and be, and we're going to deal with every aspect that we look at in God's Word. And so we, we really need to be prepared to know that, yeah, we get tired of talking about sin. We do. But unfortunately, that's the world we live in. And when you go out and you're trying to help people get to Christ, and you're trying to, to draw them in every way you can, well, you've got to realize, I've got to realize that everything we talk about, that's what they're going through. I'm not trying to, you know, God's not trying to beat us up and, and say, well, you know, this is, you know, sin, 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 and negative, negative. That's not what God's about. He's trying to show us what we're going to deal with. And even though you may know what you're going to deal with, there's more to it than we think. And sometimes I forget how bad it really is. And then I get a phone call in the middle of the night, and, and I, I, I get a, an understanding of, of how bad it really is. And that just because we don't like to hear about it doesn't mean we can't quit talking about it. We have to preach all of God's word. Now, as we go through these plagues, this is, the, this is the, what the second or third plague we're in, third plague we're in today uh, about these frogs. Uh, we really have to realize this is what we're dealing with out there. Even though we may not like it, this is what we're dealing with. And in order to lead people to Christ, we have to be different than the world. They have to see something totally different. And we have to see them and what their actions are, the sin that's in their lives. We have to, to see that and realize, I need to pray for them because I want them to know Christ. So I can't be just completely throw out all the sin and say, let's never preach on that again or let's never talk about that again because... I think the Bible speaks more of hell than it does heaven because we don't want people there. So if you're tired of me preaching on sin, guess what? I'm tired of it too. <laughs> but we're going to stay where God takes us. Amen? And what I keep looking at is every time I look at this, I see people for the way they're living in their lives. And I can 
help them because I recognize it. Not that I'm judging them or condemning them because I love them, but that I can see they need help. Now, these frog things we're going to talk about today, this is something very peculiar in the Bible. And uh, we'll try to open up some areas we haven't been thinking about. Uh, I hope you enjoyed last week. If you didn't hear last week's sermon, you need to go back on the SoundCloud and grab a hold of that one. Uh, that was a pretty, pretty good one, I thought. One more night with the frogs. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you this morning, Lord, I thank you for your love. Lord, I thank you that uh, your word becomes alive to us. It, it comes alive through, the, through every word, through every uh, verse, through every chapter, through every book that we can put our name right there, and it becomes so applicable for our life. And Father, I, I, I pray for those today, Father, that, that will hear this message, including myself, Father, that, that need to know that one more night for the frogs is not where we need to be. That we clean ourselves up, that we allow you to continually make us new. As we come to you and we surrender our lives to you, and we recognize the cost that that took the blood of Christ, that we may give all things over to you. Father, would you bless this church, Father, and Father, this message this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, Amen. one more night with the frogs. Sin is not bad because it's forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it's bad. Does that make sense? You know, you look at all this sin and say, well, it's just forbidden, forbidden, forbidden. It's, it's because it's bad for you. I mean, God doesn't give us these, these, the Ten Commandments and all the, the things he gives us because he wants to beat us up all the time. That's not what it's about all, at all. It's because it's bad for you. It destroys your life. And as we look today at, at Exodus chapter 8 and these first few verses of Exodus chapter 8, we're going to see that, 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 that how sin can just corrupt us and make us go really just kind of crazy. Have you ever dealt with crazy people? Man, I, I've dealt with them. i got to step back sometimes like, what in the world is going on in that mind? And you know what? It's this sin. They're trying to compromise everything they can compromise. They're trying to, to move things around, to do whatever they can, to try to get some kind of life that they can live, and it doesn't work. It just, it never works. So sin is, is not bad because it's forbidden. Sin is forbidden because it's bad for you. And so God warns us about it over and over and over again. In Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 here, it says, The word of God is living and powerful. Everybody read that for me, that, that, the, the A right there, out of 12. Four. Can I break that apart for you a little bit? Just, Nick, you know, what I, you know what we're really going through up here is just Bible studies, you know? We're, we're, we're going through Bible studies, and we're trying to make these Bible studies come alive to us, and, and that we can, it can be, I can see myself or, or see my, my neighbor or, or see whatever right there on the page, 
And it says this, for the word of God is living and powerful. Well, let me take that apart in my own mind. And so you all need to, when you start to read the word of God, you need to read it in a way that you can take it apart, that God can put it in your mind, in your heart, of what it's really saying. For the word of God is living. Now, what is living? It's alive. Amen? It's just not something written down by, by men and, 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 you know, thousands of years ago. It's living. In other words, I can live my life by it and through it and know I can trust it. Amen? So it's more than just a few words on paper. It's something I can direct my life to completely. Now, I was told last week I yelled a lot. Last one, okay. I'll do my best. Am I yelling already, somebody? Sherry, am I yelling already? Not like last week. I get excited. I get excited about God's word. Layman, you know, I get excited. You know why? Because it's living. I mean, it's living. It's living right in my heart. The Holy Spirit comes in, and he just lives in my heart. I, I do get convictions and things like that when sin comes around me, but more than anything, I get the love and the power of God right here in my heart because he's a living God. His word is living and alive. When I read these things, I get so, oh, it's like some kind of magical thing that comes over me that I just love the word of God because it's living. And I can see that maybe in my time, in the, I spent time, too much time with the frogs. You say, I don't know what you're talking about, pretty Well, you will. I spent too many nights with the frogs. And so I can look at that and say, I'm thankful. Only through the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ, I don't spend nights with the frogs anymore. For the word of God is living. And everybody give me that one word. Powerful. What powerful? I've talked about powerful many times in this church. Powerful. The, most, the one thing that comes to my mind is it changes me. Amen? It changes everything of my thoughts, my thought, everything. It changes us. Now, some people are just not going to be changed. That's why hell is full. That's why there is a hell, because they're just not going to be changed. But my job is not to, to find out who's going to be changed or not. My job is, is to go and be the truth and the word of God. And I know that the God is living. I know these things. I can read it right here. And sharper than any two-edged sword. In other words, when you open up your Bible, you got it both ways. It's sharper than anything. It's the Word of God. Uh, it penetrates your heart. Now, last week I preached a pretty powerful message. I'm sure it penetrated your heart. I see some people not back this week. Because it hurts. But I'll tell you what. I'd rather hurt your heart just a little bit than you spend eternity in hell. Amen? Because sin does hurt. And when you're convicted by it, it hurts even worse. Because you know, I mean you know, that something's not right. I sent something out yesterday on the Facebook, and it was, try to remember what I sent. Something about who you are. If who you are is not what you are, then what have you become? So if, if you're playing around with life, I had some people say on there that they were lost in pain and things like that. And you, you don't have to live like that. Nobody has to live like that. You can live in the power and the love of Christ, but you've got to get past the sin thing. Amen? You've got to get past it. 
You got to quit watering it. You got to quit living in it. And you got to quit loving it. I had a phone call late last night that just pretty much can break your heart. Drug issues. Somebody that loves somebody and somebody that's having trouble. You know, I, it, what, what do you say to that, you know? It's like they just won't quit. They just won't give up. You pray and you pray and you keep going and you keep going. Because you realize by the grace of God, you're not in that position. One more night with the frogs. It says here, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit. That means to, to, the, to the very fabric of who you are. And of joints and marrow. That means everything about you. And is a discerner of thoughts and intents to the heart. The word of God, when you open up, you know why it's so dangerous to communist governments and dictators? You know why it's so dangerous? Do you know why they wanted to, why Nazi wanted to burn all the Bibles? Why today they want the Ten Commandments out of everything? Why the word of God does not want to be spoken anywhere? Because it's dangerous to people that want to control people. It's freedom to know that no man can control you, but God is who controls us. It's freedom. The world knows that by just by the word of God, just by having the Bible opened up, it can bring freedom to your heart because it cuts right to it. 14, 13, it says, and there is no creature hidden from the, his sight. His sight, that's God's sight, capital H. That means nothing is hidden from God. Can, can we say that? Nothing's hidden from God? Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. There's not anything that you're doing that's hidden from God. The, the great things that you're doing that cause great blessings in your life, God sees them, and he allows you to do more of them. He loves it. And he keeps allowing it to happen in your life. It's not all about the, the sin and the darkness. You try to be blessed by God. You pray to be blessed by God. You pray to, pray to do the things that God asks you to do. And he'll just keep pouring that out. And that becomes more of who you are than the sin that was destroying your life. And there's no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked. What's that mean? Things, all, things, all things are open to God. And open to his eyes of him to whom we must. Everybody give me that word account. We must give account. Every knee shall bow. Everybody say, every knee shall bow. Some will bow with great joy, great respect, and great honor to God. Those who have come to know Christ, your knees will bow, and you'll love it because you are seeing the Savior that saved you from the pits of hell, that saved your life, not just here on earth, but eternity. And others will bow in shame and know they've lost it, they've missed it. And what everything they've done on this earth means nothing. It will all be burned up. Their names will not be remembered. Nothing. Nothing. Because they're absent from God. You know what sin does more than anything? The worst thing sin does is separates you from God. Everybody say it separates you from God. 
the moment Adam and Eve grabbed a hold of that, whatever it was on that tree, it separated. It started that separation from God. That's why God hates sin. That's why he says preach on sin. It separates you from me. And that's not what he wants from us. Amen? We've got a God that wants a relationship, this wonderful personal relationship with us. He wants to speak to you. He wants to, to walk with you. He wants to, to sing with you. He wants to dance with you. He wants to be right there with you at all times. And he wants you to know it. That's an amazing God, isn't it? Desensitized. I'm going to have a hard time saying that with my, half my face paralyzed here today. But desensitized. Or apathetic. And what's going to happen in the scripture is, now, Egypt, this is 400 years after Joseph, after Abraham. Joseph was in there, and, and Joseph and Jacob and all his descendants and millions of Hebrews now are living there, and they're in slavery, but at first they were not. We talked about Joseph last year, I believe. So these, these, these Egyptians, they, they knew this God. They knew the Lord God. It wasn't like they didn't have any opportunity to know it. They knew it from Joseph's time, Jacob's time. The Hebrews have been there. They know it. They just don't want it. But you can't say they didn't know about it. They just don't want it. People know about Jesus Christ all over the world. They just don't want it. It's, that's no more difficult than that. That sin has taken control of their lives. But we are called to give them truth and love and go and be. Now, you've got to realize they're desensitized to the God. Most people want to complain about the church and blame the church for everything. Well, in a lot of instances, they have good right to. But that's not an excuse to stay out of the church. That's not an excuse to stay away from Jesus Christ. They've just decided to make it their excuse. Nowhere in the Bible do I see, do I read that says, well, quit going to church when you get upset. <laughs> just don't do that. Or when that preacher talks about sin, you just quit going. That's on page 101. It talks a lot about surrendering. A lot about love. A lot about joy. A lot about peace. Because you can't get there because if your sin is separating you from God, you can't get there. You can't get there. It's impossible. And when you're desensitized about the Word of God and who Jesus is, then you're just going to live in a life of complete turmoil. When you become desensitized about Jesus and His truth, the craziest things become your gods. The frogs can become your gods. Now, the Egyptians had about 80-some gods. We talked about the two in the, in the water gods last week, and we're going to talk about another god this week. About Jesus and his truth, the craziest things become your gods. Now, this word, I can't, hiccup, does that sound all right? Hiccup. That's what he was, a big hiccup. He caused a lot of issues. Now, he was a, 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 the frog god. Now, I go, what in the world do you need a frog god for? Well, I don't know. And... It's, it's great how God does this because, see, now he's going he's gonna to bring these frogs to life out of, the, out of the water. And the Egyptians, this was a god of fertility for them. 
They can't kill them. <laughs> they can't do anything with them because they're a God. And so God, didn't you think my God knows this? And he says, okay, I'm just going to strike at your gods and we're going to go with the old frog God here. Now, a lot of us have gods in our lives. We, we put, set up things and gods in our lives. And I'll just be honest with you, I'm really sick of dealing with drugs. And in, in this nature, in this culture, in this country, in this world, drugs is a god. And drugs is nothing more than the power of Satan upon your life. It's an evil spirit. What do you think they call whiskey and all that? Spirits. It's an evil spirit. And it destroys lives over and over and over and over again. And the thing that can pull you out of that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Everybody say amen. amen. You try all the man's ways you want to, and you just filter back and forth all you want to. But when you surrender to Christ, I don't care what kind of sin you're holding on to, that sin disappears. When you become desensitized about Jesus and his truth, the craziest things become your gods, like frogs. Chapter 8, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses. There's one of the most important things that the Lord speaks. Everybody, everybody say, the Lord spoke. Is the Lord speaking to you? If he's not speaking to you, why? If you're not opening up your Bible and, and something's coming alive to you or your prayers or something's not working where God, you feel like God's in a far distance, why? Now, God is silent sometimes. There's no doubt about that. But sometimes you just got to check if there's no reason for God to be silent and, and, and the things that are going on in your life that you know are not right. It's because you're separating yourself from God. And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what he keeps saying, right? He just, he, God doesn't change. He keeps telling Moses to do the same thing. He's telling us the same thing today. Go, go, go. Go. Go and speak. Give him truth. Give him love. Go and speak. Go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord. That's authority. Amen? Now to Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, and now to Acts 1.8, we have authority like this. Let my people go that they may serve me. Now look at that word, serve me. What's God want? Just to what? Serve him. Don't let my people go so they can go do whatever they want to do. Or let my people go so they can have a wonderful life. Let my people go so they can party all night. It's to serve God. It's to serve. Well, I don't like that. Well, you've been serving the little G's for many, many years. You kind of like that. When you learn to serve God through love, not through something you think you have to do, not through some kind of legalism trap, but through love. You serve in a way you've never thought possible. You serve because you love. You, you reach out to people, not because you, you think you have to do it, but because you love them. You love people because of God. It's a funny thing what God can do in your life. I'm... I'm a complete example of that. Let my people go. 
that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all your territory with frogs. How many like frogs? I got this thing on my property they call the frog pond. I ain't seen too many frogs in that frog pond. I've seen a lot of mud in that frog pond. Every once in a while we'll hear some big croakers out there in the lake. Frogs are okay. When I was a kid, I'd run around and catch them. They'd hop out of my hand. They'd sliver stuff all over me. I'd, then somebody say, you're going to get a wart. Wart? I don't want a wart. Behold, I will smit them with ter- territory with frogs. So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly. Now you would think because their God is a frog, they would love this. When you think they, oh goodness, gods are going to be all over me. <laughs> oh, just love my frogs. God just giving them what they want. He's, he's a God to them. He's just going to pour it out on them. I think in my lifetime sometimes, and other people I've been around with, that sometimes that, that God they think is a God, God just says, have at it. You want to have at it? Have at it. And all those things just pour out upon you until finally you've had enough. You think, well, that frog got a big red tongue. It looks really nice, but man, he ain't too good. I really don't want him as much as I thought I wanted him. So the river shall bring forth frogs. Of, everybody say the word abundantly. Abundantly. Which shall go up and come into your what? house into your what on your what into your okay where are the frogs going everywhere well hallelujah you wanted them gods didn't you you wanted it didn't you want it Just walk around them frogs, and can't you imagine them people, them slivery little slimy things, crawling all over the baby's bed, crawling up in the chicken and noodles? What? You don't think you carry your sin with you? You don't think that your frogs aren't with you? They're in everywhere. They're everywhere. If you're not surrendering them to God, then they're everywhere with you. They haven't departed from you. They're with you. He says, well, I don't see them. You've lost your your discernment about God. You're desensitized. You're completely desensitized to what sin is in your life. Where the frogs and this filth run rapid in our lives. And we begin to like them and love them so much, we'll lay on the floor with them. We'll do about anything that we never thought we could possibly do. So the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up to come into your house, into your bedroom on your bed, into the house of your servants, on your people, into your ovens, and into your kneeling bowls. 
God didn't leave much out, did he? And the frog shall come up on you and your people and all your servants. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, stretch out your hand. There goes the rod thing again. Stretch out your hand with your rod over the streams, over the rivers, over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up from the land of Egypt. Slithering. Somebody, everybody say, I can't really say that word. Everybody get somebody to say that word for me. Oh, slithering. Them nasty little critters. Now, how many of you parents will tell your family, your, your little kids, little, little, little Joey or little Corbin there or somebody, go out there in the yard, grab me some slithering frogs, bring them in here. Put them right here on the kitchen table. You're not going to do that, are you? Well, of course not. That's absolutely insane. And that's why when you get desensitized to, to God and to sin, and these things just become crazy. But you can walk into a house where drug addicts live, and little children are, I've been here, people. Little children are running around. Here's the drugs laying out over the table. Or there's the, 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 the whatever, the pornography all over the TV or whatever. And these kids are just running around. They bring it right into their house. It's nothing more than the slivering sin in our lives. When your little G's become out of control, so goes all logic. Everybody agree with that or not? Say something. Give me something. All logic of, of what's righteousness. What's, what's, it just becomes completely out of control. Nothing makes any sense anymore. Yet that's the life that so many choose. And when you go and be, those are the things you're going to deal with. Those are the things you're going to deal with. Do not judge them by the grace and mercy of God. I'm not there. I can see it. I can see the help they need. I can see the prayer they need. I can see the love they need, especially for the children. Our job is to love them and give them truth and allow God to work in their lives. And the magicians did so with their enhancements and brought up frogs on the land of Egypt. There we go again. Every, every plague is the same thing. They bring up more of what they don't need because that's what Satan does. So let's keep piling on and piling on and piling on. Words may express what the heart knows to be true, but words alone cannot save you. We're going to get into this in a minute. I can come, and, I, and what we're going to see out of Pharaoh and, and, all, and the people and all that, they're going to put out words because we think, well, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just tell God what he wants to hear. But I read there in Hebrews that God knows everything. Everything, everything's naked to him. I know that. So God knows when I tell him something that's not true. I've led people to the Lord, tons and hundreds and maybe thousands over the years. I've had them in my, on their knees in the office. I've had them on the knees at, at, at altars. I've had them on the knees in their cars. I've had them everywhere you can think of. And they'll sit down and they'll say a prayer. 
And a prayer, these words will not save you. Amen? About the sinner's prayer. I got nothing wrong with the sinner's prayer, but it's not what saves you. It's not what takes away the frogs. It's the condition of your heart, your soul, who you are now. That's what saves you. And if your words have no meaning, as pharaohs were going to find out, it had no meaning. How do you think God's going to react to that? How do you think God reacts to being mocked? I've watched people, their lives get completely destroyed over and over again because they're held to a higher accountability because they lie to God. Words may express what the heart knows to be true, but words alone cannot save you. And Moses said to Pharaoh, Accept the honor. Now, Pharaoh and the Egyptians have just about had enough of their little G's, of their gods. One jumped in the soup bowl, and they didn't like it. They just about had enough of these things. I mean, can you imagine every place you walk? You can't step on a frog, folks. It's a god. You can't just push it off your countertop. It's a god. You could be killed for that. It's a God. You can't touch it. It's a God. Over in India right now, you can't even eat a cow. It's your uncle. It was reincarnated. It's a God. You can't do those things. See, but wait a minute. That's not thousands of years ago. That's today. Yeah, it is today, just in another country. And they're like that. There's places like that everywhere. So they're in a big-time predicament. They know that this, this has got to go. You can't live like this. When sin becomes so prevalent in your life and it's destroying your life, you know you can't live like that. You know you can't live like that. You know that it's got to go. You know that this precious little frogs is destroying your life. It's like trying to eat your face off. You know it. And so... So many of us are like Pharaoh here. Ain't he cute? That's what sin looks like a lot of times. It's something cute until it spits on you. Moses said to Pharaoh, accept the honor of saying, when, I, when shall I intercede for you? Pharaoh's coming to Moses, and we skipped a verse or two, but Pharaoh's coming to Moses, and he said, man, we've had enough of these frogs. I can't kill them. I can't do anything. Would you, would you ask your Lord to remove them? Let me tell you something. This is so wonderful because Pharaoh knows he has no power. Even though he thinks he's a God, he has no power to remove these things from his life. People, when you're living in sin, you've got no power to remove it. You can try a man-made thing all you want. There's no power to remove that, to erase that out of your life for eternity, but through the cross of Christ. Everybody say amen. That's the only power. That's the only way. Moses says, accept the honor of saying, when shall I intercede for you? For your servants, for all of Egypt, and for your people to destroy the frogs from you and your house. Wait a minute. He said, destroy the frogs. I thought the frogs were God's. When you've had enough of sin, 
you've had enough. You just want it gone, don't you? You just want it gone. That they may remain in the river only. Let's get rid of the frogs. Let's get rid of the frogs. Now, here, here comes, the, here comes the, the, the saddest part. Everybody say tomorrow. Tomorrow. If you've got frogs all over your life, and they're slimy, they're slivery, they're nasty, they're everywhere. Mamas hates them. I mean, they're everywhere. And you've got an opportunity to get that out of your life right this moment. Would you wait for tomorrow? Would you say tomorrow? But see, here's what's wrong. A lot of people do. And we get this right here. It says right here in verse 10, tomorrow. Tomorrow, may we never, tomorrow. And, and this is something I sent out. May we never take into tomorrow what we can surrender today. Amen? So he said, tomorrow. And he said, let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. So instead of getting rid of the, the frogs, one more, right, right now, just getting them out of your life, one more night with the frogs will be just fine with me. One more night with the thing you want out of your life desperately. The thing that you're willing to say, God is God. He's your God. I know who he is. I want it out of my life, but tomorrow, not today. Do you really want it out of your life, or you just want the problem out of your life? You just want the situation gone for now. And that's what happens. So many of us, we want the, the situation, the, the motion, the feeling, the, the drowningness in our lives. We, we want that gone, and we're, we're willing to try anything to get it gone. You'll say anything. But my God knows all things. He knows your heart. He knows everything about you. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows all things. And when you say tomorrow, what are you, what are you really saying? And he said, let it be according to your word that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. Moses knew. It says in Matthew 6, and 34, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You got to seek God and his righteousness, who God is, who Christ is. You seek those things, and therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Significant for the day is its own trouble. If you're not seeking God, if you're not seeking the truth of God, the love of God, the word of God, then your tomorrows are always going to be there. You're always going to say tomorrow. You're always going to say tomorrow. See, there's a difference between, between words in the heart. People say, I've got to get this out of my life. I've got to get this out of my life. I've got to get this, 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 and this out of my life. Six months later, I've got to get this out of my life. I've got to get this out of my life. I've got to get this out of my life. Man, it's like a broken record, you know? I say, yeah, you told me that six months ago. That's a long time. Or a year ago. You're still dealing with this? Why? Because you didn't mean it the first time. You just, 
didn't like the frogs because they were slimy, but you wanted to hang on to at least one of them and just keep spending more time with it. One of them's not too bad. It's just all them things together are bad. You believe your own lies. You can be desensitized to what sin is and how it wants to destroy you. But seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't, I don't even have to think about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Significant for the day is its own trouble. Don't you have enough trouble for today? Isn't there enough things going on in your life today that you've got to pile on tomorrow? Tomorrow's just your yesterday. Don't take those things tomorrow with you. Don't leave without Jesus Christ being your Savior. Don't take anything in tomorrow. Leave it today. In Hebrews 3, 7, 8, it says, or in 8 here, it says, Today, if you will hear his voice. In 8, it says, Do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. They're talking about the rebellion here, talking about the, the Israelites after they come out of Egypt. In the day of the, of in the wilderness, when they harden their hearts, don't do that. Let it go. The hangover. We're going to close here in a minute. The hangover. How many out there know what a hangover is? Yeah? And I know y'all thinking about certain hangovers, alcohol or whatever, but how about the hangover of just sin? Where you know. I mean... You know, I used to get mad quite a bit. Vicky, where's Vicky? She gone? Good. I got her out here. And I, Brad, you know, I used to get, I used to have trouble with my tempers, and everybody knows that. Most people know it. The thing about a temper is, you can get real mad at the moment, but afterwards, you get to feeling real guilty about it, don't you? My good gracious, I can't believe that was me. That's kind of like a hangover, you know. You, you know, you shouldn't have done that. You know you shouldn't have done that, but yet you did it. Your claim has no meaning if your life does not change. Now, there was a day that I kept praying over being a temper. Now, I'm not saying I don't get mad because I still get angry, but not like I used to. Right, Brad? Just say yes, Dad. I ain't whipped that boy in 10 years. Well, he needs a whipping once in a while. These hangovers can be just terrible in our lives. When Jesus Christ is your life, when you're living your life for Jesus Christ, these hangovers disappear. John Blackwell, where's John? He don't care if I say, John don't care what I say. He used to say, John used to drink a lot years and years ago, a couple of weeks ago anyway. <laughs> Years ago. And, of course, we love horses. I always have the better horse. We all know that. Say, yep, I know that. Yeah. But I remember the story. John tells the story. He'd say, I quit falling off my horse when I quit drinking. <laughs> Dale, you heard that, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, you, you quit. <laughs> because you wasn't crazy no more. And falling off that horse can hurt. It can hurt. And that's what hangovers do. 
13 to 15 here says here, so the Lord did according to the word of Moses. And now Moses prayed and asked the Lord to remove the frogs. And he did it. He answered prayer. Now, did the Lord know that Pharaoh didn't really mean it? Of course he did. But the Lord wanted Moses and all of Pharaoh and all of Egypt to know that God is in, everybody say control. Absolute control. He can bring the frogs. He can remove the frogs. He is in control. He can remove every sin of your life, cover it up with the blood of his son, And eternity in heaven will be your home. I've told you a thousand times, we're still going to mess up. I live in the flesh. The difference is I don't want to do it. I am not desensitized to it. I'm aware of it through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within me. And that makes me understand that I truly belong to Jesus Christ. Because of what I used to not care about, or not even care if he fall, John falls off a horse, I do now care about. If he falls off a horse now, I know it's just bad riding and not drunk. No, not a bad horse, bad riding. So Moses prayed about it. God's going to answer the prayer immediately, and the frogs died out of the houses and of the courtyards, and out of the fields. They died out. In other words, all these frogs, they just buy frog. Everybody said he's dead. He's dead. You know what's wrong with dead frogs? They stink. You know what's wrong with sin? It stinks. It's just destroying your life. It stinks. You say, well, I got that sin out of my life. I got, I've been, frogs are gone. Did you mean it? It says here in verse 14, this is an important verse. It says, they gathered them together in heaps, and the land stank. That's the hangover. They had to gather all these gods up. And as they're gathering up, sweeping up, whatever, they have to realize that's really stupid. I was allowing these things to destroy me. I was allowing these things to take over my life. I made it my God. Foolish can I be? They gathered them up together and they stank. It says here, 15, but when Pharaoh saw that there was no relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them as the Lord had said. Pharaoh meant no business with God. He just wanted the problem taken care of right now. The problem, God took care of it. And he expects us to follow what our words say. Amen? 
And we've got to deal with the after effects and all that stuff of it. But God expects you, your word to be true. He knows when it's not going to be. And you're going to be held even to a higher accountability. I have a vacuum sweeper up here. Uh, Cole, you guys come on up. Kelly. I'm not going to plug it in because it's too noisy. How often do you sweep your floor? Every day. Don't you sweep your floor every day? How come? It gets dirty. It gets, well, I know, Diane, you're a clean nut. You still have that white carpet? Oh. I bet you got a carpet cleaner, too. Don't you think that you need to keep cleaning your life up? Don't you think you need to keep cleaning that life up? I mean, for those that don't know Jesus Christ, they just put the sweeper in the, in the closet and leave it there. If I'm going to go and be, I mean, I really want to go and be and really want to help people, I got to make sure I'm clean. Amen? You say, well, you got the blood of Christ over you. Yeah, I surely do. I surely do. And sometimes I judge people when I shouldn't judge them. And sometimes I just get so frustrated. But when then I get to heaven, those things are going to quit. When I get to heaven, those are going to quit. But until then, I'm going to deal with it. And I don't want it. I have to keep clean. I keep clean by entering in God's word through prayer. Allowing his word to come alive to my heart. Allowing him to be my Lord and Savior. You know what? I don't need anybody to tell me when I need to get the vacuum out. My heart tells me. Amen? And every one of you that have Jesus Christ living in you, you know it. And some of you are wallowing around with these frogs. And you think, oh, preacher, I'll, I'll do that before I die. Well, I hope you do. But good chances you won't. One more night with the frogs is not where you need to be. Surrender today. Allow God to sweep every sin out of your life. Allow him to be the, the love of your life, the joy of your life, the peace of your life, the comfort of your life. And when you go out and you start talking about to people, I know people are inviting people to church all the time, and I know they're not coming. But nowhere in their Bible does it say because they didn't come the first and second time, you can quit telling them. You know what you need to do sometimes? Have a deeper relationship with those people. Invite them over for dinner. Watch and see if somebody's hurting in the family. Show them love. Show them respect. Show them honor. And one day they're going to say, man, why is that person so different than me?
How can that be? And there's one name, Jesus. Jesus. Let's stand. If you belong to Jesus Christ, excuse me. If he is your personal savior, let me let me stress this. If he's your personal savior, if you said it with your heart, along with your mouth, but with your heart. And you're not playing games. You're not trying just to get rid of a feeling or an emotion out of your life where you can feel like you can breathe one more day, but that you truly mean it. That he is your Savior. That he is everything to you. And come and enjoy the Lord. Bow down and love him and let him love you. If there's frogs in your life, and you keep thinking, well, I'm going to pray over that tomorrow. I'll, I know tomorrow's coming. I'll, I'll be all right. What happens if tomorrow doesn't come? Are you promised tomorrow? No, you're not. Not promised tomorrow at all. That's a trick from Satan himself. If you belong to Jesus Christ, come and enjoy him. If you've got things in your life you need to work out, work them out. Do it right there. Do it up here. What do you want? Work them out. And then let God become the Lord and Savior of your life. Amen? Robin, is that you right there? I can't just... Come here for a minute. I'm going to tell the story because it comes to my mind. That's the way I do things. I love this lady. She called me a long time ago. She said, Paul, we got to go to Shelbyville. You remember that day, don't you? I remember it like it was yesterday. I haven't forgot it. Yeah, me either. I said, okay. And she started telling me what we're going to see. I said, I've seen it before. I said, we go to Shelbyville because there's a precious young lady <laughs> that is about to die. She's got drugs in her that nobody should have. And I walked in there, and there were some kids around. There were some other people around. And I'm going to tell you, I come home, and I told Vicky, I felt the worst evil I've ever felt, that, that little double house, whatever it was. It was just pure evil. My spirit raised up in me, and it was like a battle going on. You know what? Am I wrong? They were living it. They were living it. Long story short, Jessica got involved back there. I think that girl's doing pretty good today, isn't she? <laughs> My granddaughter that's with me today. Her mother's been clean almost three years now. Amen. And I'm talking, she was a heroin addict, bath salts addict, you name it. Yeah. She had somebody that loved her <laughs> so much that she saw the frogs in her life. And she did everything she could to get those frogs removed. And it worked. Don't tell me God can't work. Don't you dare tell me that your frogs are too powerful for God. It's because you don't want God to work. Because you're still in love with your little frogs. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, Lord, you are God. You are the most powerful. There is nothing 
that there's nothing we can compare you to. We can look at the vast universe, the vastness of space and the darkness of all the stars and the planets, the sun, all that is, and you created it. Father, there's those today that need your help, those today that, that need to know this power and this love that you are, that they can help others. Would you help us today, Father, to bow before you that you may become the God that you've intended for us to know, that we can go and be to all of humanity. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Come enjoy the Lord today.